When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are not good. What? We are not good, chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. We need another Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. We have finally made it. Our week one preview pod. Let's go. This is Random Johns takes over the Hogan Johns Google Doc with yes. brilliant ideas and questions. I have to gold, say, baby. This was your best work ever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this thing will. This thing is as detailed is as detailed as it will be the entire season, and yeah, I'm very I'll, proud it, of it. Pro- it progressively gets worse. I mean, we have down to the details. Well, Mike Heller joining us today uh, here in a little bit. Um, I mean, you might as well put his whole Wikipedia page in here. I love it. Sports radio host, <laughs> well, the Mike Keller a, show. Very, that was a very easy job there. Let me, let me interject. That's a copy and paste job. <laughs> you know, I, I understand, yes. But you did get, get did go through it. The Mike Keller Show, 97.3 The Game, Milwaukee, Fox Sports, 1070 The Game in Madison and statewide in Wisconsin. I mean, this is big. Good job. In all seriousness, though, this I was very impressed with the Google Doc this morning, and I'm ready. I'm I'm... You're I'm ready excited. To go. You got me hyped up. We got great over our listener over unders as always. Uh, for those of you that might be listening to one of these week uh, weekly preview shows that we do on Thursdays during the season, we of course uh, have an opponent preview with a guest. We break down the game with our big questions for the game. We do over unders that are submitted by our listeners, and then we get into some of our picks around the NFL too. At the end of the pod, we have a lot of fun with these. So. We are ready to go, and the uh, week one cold came right on time with kickoff tonight, Lions and Chiefs. Remember last year, I lost my voice week one? Who get- Laryngitis, though, wasn't it? Laryngitis, uh, you know. I thought you were just yelling at your football players too much in the Carvel sideline. I was going to call you a jerk, but. Well, that didn't little, help. A little bit of both. <laughs> you forgot the T! Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that happens. Yes. I think we're past that right now. But yeah, that was going on for a little bit. You know, um no, I'm 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 in Joniac. I I heard Joniac on the radio yesterday. It's like all these football everyone in football just gets a cold week one. I don't get it. Well, this is a, a crazy time of year where you get like three muggy days in a row of like ninety five degrees and then it's like seventy five and cool. Well it's like morning night it's within like a cold. day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You get, you get all nasally, the allergies, the pollen's high. A lot of things going on in the Chicagoland area. 
And that's the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. That dude's on the radio like everywhere now, by the way. Well, he's also on the athletic. Chase yes, Daniel. Yeah, yes. He's got the pod with uh Robert Mays now once a week. We'll get him on here. Then we better. Let's go, Chase. Let's hear some more of the facts. Um all right, so we might as well jump in right away with uh, Mike Heller here. What's going on with the Packers? I was on his radio show yesterday, and um, there are some things that cropped up on the injury report. A, a surprise Christian Watson appearance with a, what was a hamstring for him and did not practice. Not good. Not even unlimited. A did not practice. So... Uh, plenty to get to, to touch on with the Packers. It's a new era up north in Wisconsin. So we'll bring him in right now. Longtime guest on the Hogan Johns podcast, Mike Heller. All right, Mike Heller at Heller Sports on Twitter. Make sure you're following him this weekend, uh, though you might get some Badger coverage in there too, which is fine. I mm, encourage yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Sports radio host, the Mike Heller Show in Milwaukee, Madison, and all across the state of Wisconsin. Long time guest on this podcast. Mike, always good to talk to you. It means football is here, and I love the J. Henry bourbon behind you. Yeah, so do I. I, I love it when it's in front of me even more. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I'm sure... Sunday night, we could have some Jay Henry out and, uh, you know, Packer fans or Bears fans, some will be uh, drinking it in celebration and others for other other reasons. I'm fascinated um, by the give me give me a pulse on this. So if the Bears lose this game, it'll be panic here in Chicago, like especially if Jordan Love outplays Justin Fields like that's just like that would be unbearable. What if it's the what if it's the opposite? What if the Bears, for the first time in a long time, win a game comfortably? The start of the Jordan Love era doesn't start out, uh, you know, the way everybody up there wants. What would be the level of panic in Green Bay and across Wisconsin? Would it be a little bit more level-headed, just based on where the Packers are? I, I think it is a little level, a little bit more level-headed. And part two to that is the news this week on Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, first injury report was, and Watson didn't practice Wednesday, and Dobbs wasn't expected to. But if Jordan Love is throwing to Jaden Reed and Malik Heath and Dontavian Wicks and Samari Toure, <laughs> yeah, th- th- this game changes. So I think there's a little reprieve to answer your question. If Green Bay loses and they don't have Watson and Dobbs playing and, and Jordan Love looks pedestrian or worse, then I think people will look at it and say, well, wait a second. Let's see what happens when his top two receivers are available. But part two to that is let's say all things were equal and the Bears outplay the Packers and Justin Fields outplays Jordan Love on Sunday. Then I think that in Green Bay, some of the some of the fan base is going to look at this and say, wait a second now, where are we going? Part two to that is that this defense for Green Bay a year ago was expected to be top 10, and it wasn't, wasn't close. This year, the defense is going to have to carry the day because the offense is going to be a work in progress. Uh, even if Jordan Love is good, Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter 15 years ago after three years watching, I think he was 28-12 and 12 touchdowns to interceptions. I don't know that, that Jordan Love can get there. I think he can – I think he can be in the 24-25 touchdown area, and I think the interceptions would be similar. 
But if he does that, people will be fired up. And game one is just obviously the start. I think this is a bigger game in Chicago, ultimately bigger picture than it is in Green Bay based on where the two programs are right now. So you know my family ties to Wisconsin. And, you know, I got family all over the state. I got friends all over the state from going to Wisconsin. I don't know that I've talked to a single one of my Packer buddies all offseason that seems to care at all that Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore. It's fascinating to me. It's just like the whole organization, the whole fan base. It was just like it was just time and everybody's cool with it. Is that still what you feel on your uh, when you're getting calls on your show? Yeah, I think what it was is that he wore out his welcome in Green Bay. And this goes a little deeper. This goes to personality type. Brett Favre was loved in Green Bay. Bart Starr, different, totally different dudes in a different era. Bart Starr was loved in Green Bay. Brett Favre was loved in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, the player, was loved in Green Bay, but the person never was. He didn't identify. He wouldn't have drank a beer with you if he saw you in a bar. He wouldn't have. He wasn't going to go hunt or fish. He didn't fit in that regard. And then when the demeanor started to change and the quality of play for, you know, a few of those years went down. It just, it had run its full course. And, uh, and the last year he just didn't play that well either. So yeah, it, it was time. I think he's recognized by the fan base as perhaps the best thrower of the football that has ever come through green Bay and maybe through the league but they never identified with Aaron Rodgers, the man. And so it made it easy when he wanted to leave, when he put that out there, it made it easy for fans to say, you, you don't want to be here. We don't want you here. So go. I think that's the crux of it. Okay. So for those of us that haven't been following Jordan Love throughout the offseason, practice by practice, training camp, the way we overanalyze uh, Justin Fields here in Chicago, what was – what was his camp like? What was it yeah. up and down? Did he did he look pretty good? I mean, what are based on coming out of training camp, coming out of the preseason, how are how are you guys feeling about what he is at this point of his career? Pretty level. Um, it, it, you know, here's the thing that I've talked a lot about on my show, Adam, is that I think Jordan Love can be good, and I I kind of categorize quarterbacks: quarterbacks you can win with, and quarterbacks you win because of. And I think he can be a guy you win with, but we we don't know because we haven't seen him play consecutive regular season games. He played in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter in Philadelphia last year on a game that Rodgers got hurt. And he played a full game and started in Kansas City the year before when Rodgers was down with COVID. That's all we've seen from him other than mop-up duty. This preseason, we saw him play eight series. He went 21 of 33. He threw no picks. That, to me, that's the storyline. He had three interse- or three touchdowns, no interceptions. He didn't throw the ball to the other color uniforms one time. Didn't even have one that was dropped. That part is compelling. He, he can use his legs. Aaron Rodgers was getting to the point where he didn't use his legs nearly as well because he couldn't run away from edge rushers. I think Jordan Love can still run away from certain rushers in the pass rush situation. He's not going to do what Justin Fields does. He's not going to take the ball and be a threat to run consistently, but he can run a little bit. So I think what we saw in camp is that there were times when he was just consistently really good. 
I don't think we ever saw the wow moments. He hasn't had many wow moments, but he's been consistent, and the temperament of him is level. Like, he doesn't get fired up. He's not going to run in the end zone. He's not going to give up. He's not going to give a, a discount double check. He's not going to point to your fans in Chicago. <laughs> he, he is very much steady, and I think that part will be interesting. He'll be judged by not his demeanor, but by the statistics and the numbers he puts up. And I think, Adam, I think he can be good. I don't know, and I don't know that any of us do, I don't think we know if he can be great. That's kind of where I am on him, too. I still think there's a possibility that the years under Rodgers have served him well, but yeah. I, I feel like there is a you know there is a ceiling there that's going to be hard to to get over. So let's talk about a possibility where Christian Watson's not playing in this game. Yeah, and we're recording this Thursday morning, so we'll we'll find out more in the next couple of days. But if he's out, Romeo Dobbs is out. I think the only wide receiver on this team I even know of is Jaden Reed because yeah. we we talked about him so much in the draft this year. Michigan State product, uh, local uh, Chicago suburbs guy uh, who the Packers ended up with. I just, who the hell could Jordan Love even be throwing the ball to? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Luke Musgrave is a rookie tight end who is kind of wowed in camp. He's a rookie tight end. His other tight end, Craft, uh, is also a rookie and more of a blocking tight end. The wide receivers are undrafted free agents in Dontavian Wicks and Malik Heath. Heath is pretty good. He's got some talent, but he is an undrafted free agent rookie in the league. Uh, it, it, is a, it is the big question right, right now as we, you talk about having recorded the podcast on Thursday morning. Big question. I was in Green Bay at Lambeau Field on Wednesday, and that's the first time the information came out when they started practice that he wasn't out there. So then we had to wait for the injury report to come out later Wednesday afternoon, and then it's the hamstring. So he missed time last year with soft tissue injuries, hamstring. So I don't know. I don't know who Jordan Love goes to. And if that's the case, then you're going to see a lot more of, of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the run game, Aaron Jones in the throw game, uh, Luke Musgrave, the tight end, who you're going to like. Well, you might not like him, but the fans are going to like him. Packers fans will like him. He's he's big and he's fast. He's I liked a, him coming out. He's, he's yeah. If he can stay healthy, he's a good player. Yeah. So, But, yeah, the wide receiver position, Jaden Reed is a, is a fantastic receiver. Uh, our fan base who follows Badger football, remember what he did at Michigan State against Wisconsin – a year ago. He's a great 50-50 ball guy. He's not big. He's a really good slot receiver. He was going to be the primary slot receiver. On Sunday, he might have to move and play on the on the wide side and get outside because the other options are not there. Yeah, I think they – and that was one of my questions this entire offseason, Adam, is what the Packers weren't doing by adding a veteran wide receiver – in the room, even if it's uh, beyond prime wide receiver, because they were going to go with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, two second year guys who had some production a year ago, but also had injury issues. And then after that, it was going to be all first year guys and the vast majority of them undrafted free agents and Malik Keith and Dontavian Wicks. Jaden Reed's the only drafted wide receiver that's going to see the field on Sunday. Yeah. Oof. Well, and for bears fans that don't know, if if you picture 
what the Bears had to do a year ago when Ryan Poles took over and how they spent, I don't know if it was the absolute least amount of money in the league, but it was definitely towards the bottom just because they were shedding all these dead contracts. I mean, that that's the Packers this year. The Packers, I, th- I think they spent the least amount of money in free agency this offseason, if I have that right, and it's because they got to eat Aaron Rodgers' contract this year. Yeah, it's a transition year financially as much as it is on the field. They got to eat dead cap money, and they couldn't really spend, and they weren't going to go out and get much in free agency at all because of the dollar situation, and then the transition year yields into more flexibility next year and a bunch more the year after that. So it is – people talked about rebuilding. Dave Bakhtiari got in some trouble in the offseason with the fan base by saying it's a rebuild um, when they want it to, to be a transition. But it, but it is it is kind of a rebuild. Uh, it, it's certainly a financial transition into what they couldn't do in money spend this year that they'll be able to do down the road. So speaking of Bakhtiari, familiar place on the injury report yesterday, but it was just a rest day. Yep. Uh, is he, I mean, what's the optimism that he's going to finally be back to the player he once was? Yeah, he, he's in a really good place. Uh, I, I think they're going to manage him. I don't think he'll practice uh, maybe ever during the week this entire year. Last year, I think PFF had him, I don't know what his total snap number was, but he did not give up a sack or a pressure in any snap he was on the field last year. Uh, he's an extraordinarily talented, gifted, physical left tackle. If he's healthy and Elton Jenkins is the guard to his inside, that left side of the Packers offensive line might be as good as any left side in the NFC. If David Bakhtiari is healthy, he is the best left tackle, I believe, in football. And now the question is, can the pain management, can the management of him during the week allow him to play healthy for 18 weeks on Sundays? And if it can, he'll be great. And that what a great security blanket it is to Jordan Love to have that guy on the left side. Green Bay's offense is going to be a little bit different this year, Adam, because there will be less authority to change and reinvent at the line of scrimmage as Aaron Rodgers had. Jordan Love will play the system. Uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach, downplays that a little bit, but I, I think he's downplaying it for a reason. They're going to run Matt LaFleur's offense this year, and Packers fans will get to see what that looks like. Bears fans will get to see what that looks like in, indeed on Sunday where the quarterback isn't the dominant feature on the field. Yeah, and that's going to look more similar because the backgrounds uh, with Luke Getze, too. That's, yeah. The, 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 I don't know if it'll be quite a mirror image, but I'm intrigued by that because – it's basically what both of these defenses have been practicing against uh, for most of the offseason with the, the Shanahan influence and all that. Um, so speaking of LaFleur, it seems unfair to say it's like a prove-it year for a guy who's in his fifth year as a head coach and has a 7-12 winning percentage yeah. at yeah. that place. But without Aaron Rodgers in the context of what you just said about, okay, it's kind of like finally LaFleur's show here. How much is that a talking point in Wisconsin and on your show right now that this is somewhat of a prove-it situation for Matt LaFleur where if things start to go south here at all in this season, how much heat will he possibly get? Oh, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, so you know, can this guy really coach? I, I, th- I think that it's going to happen. I think it will be at some level unfair. It, it, this goes back to m- much of the conversation we've been having. You have a, I think in Green Bay, you have a really good offensive line if Bakhtiari is indeed healthy, going back to the last question. You have a, a really good 
running back in Aaron Jones and a very good situational guy in A.J. Dillon, who's a bigger back in behind him. You have young, talented receivers, but with no experience and a quarterback who has no experience, even though it's his fourth year in the league. All that being said, the the way this reflects on Matt LaFleur will be how they win games by defense, even though that's not Matt LaFleur's strong point. It, it, Joe Barry is the defensive coordinator, but this offense will be his. Isn't it interesting that Matt LaFleur won 13 games in each of his first three years and coached in NFC championship games. Last year, they went seven and nine. And then for some, this will indeed be a judgment year because it was all driven by Aaron Rodgers. Because you could go to veteran coaches and say, well, did Sean Payton get credit for Drew Brees in New Orleans? Is Andy Reid getting the credit for Patrick Mahomes? You can go You can go a long way down that road where the coach and quarterback split the credit or in Green Bay where the quarterback took all the credit and the coach got none. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this is sort of a, a of a – now we get to see what Matt LaFleur does when the quarterback isn't taking over the game of his own volition. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, yeah. I, I feel like this is going to be one of those classic week one games where everybody in Wisconsin picks the Packers and everybody in Illinois picks the Bears. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you leaning one way or the other? Yeah. I said yesterday on my show that if indeed Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs don't go on Sunday, if they're not healthy, if they can't play the game, Chicago is winning the game. Wow. You can't, you can't look at Green Bay and say that that offense can go in with – Samare Toure, Jaden Reed, and two undrafted free agent wide receivers. That's four guys. That's your top four. There really isn't a fifth. Go in with four receivers. Two of them is undrafted rookie free agents playing their first ever game. Another one who hardly played at all last year in Samare Toure. And Jaden Reed, who's a rookie, true rookie. And you can't go in and, and win with a first year starting quarterback with that scenario at play. I think Green Bay's defense can be a monster. I think Rashawn Gary uh, changes everything, and he appears ready to go. They said they'll have him on a pitch count. We'll see. Uh, if he's ready to go, this defense can be fantastic. But if if you don't have those top two wide receivers, then I think Chicago is going to win the game. Yeah, and that that's huge because if you look at the Bears' defense, yeah, they're still a little weak up front, but the, the linebackers in the secondary are really the strength. And down here in Chicago, a lot of people are really excited about the secondary. So um, that would just seem like a big mismatch in the Bears' favor if it's really yeah. all those young wide receivers. Yeah, Jordan Love's numbers in this game could be very pedestrian because of who he's thrown to and the people are going to judge and national media are going to look at Look at what Jordan Love did in his first game and, you know, the Colin Cowards of the world. But they're, they're going to not – tell the whole story because if, if indeed Watson and Dobbs aren't playing, then Green Bay is playing with one hand tied behind their back in the receiving game. And, you know, then the bears can sell out and, and try and shut down Aaron Jones and the game changes dramatically, but let's see, I mean, we, see what the injury report does the rest of the week. 
Yep, already glued to the injury report in week one. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> with the inactives on Sunday. So, uh, well, it should be fun either way. Mike, always love talking football with you. Uh, and everyone should be following him at Heller Sports. What's the best way for people in Chicago to listen to your show? I always listen through the iHeartMedia I app. Uh, is that what you recommend? Yeah, the iHeartRadio app and then 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee is the, the flagship on the statewide network. So, 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee on your iHeartRadio app. All right. Well, I'm always listening on Fridays and uh, you're getting ready for a big football weekend. Hopefully the Badgers can somehow pull this thing out Saturday night in Pullman, Washington. Yeah. Small, small place, big environment. Should be fun. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. All right. Thanks, Adam. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, Johns, I find it very interesting that there's just still this, I would almost call it cockiness up north. Like, yeah, we've been here before. New quarterback. So what? The next, Bring on the next Hall of Famer. <laughs> I don't know if it's that, but in this matchup, yeah. I'm sorry to say that cockiness should exist because of just look at the record. It is what it is, everybody. Well, and maybe that's more of what it is in this matchup, and I get it. I mean, there's not really a comeback. I heard uh, Mark Tauscher on the radio yesterday on uh, Waddle and Sylvie, and like, dude barely seems worried about this game. At all. I think that's the worst part. Like when you have a rivalry, when one of the rivals isn't exactly living up to their end of the bargain. That's been this for a bit. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it has been. Maybe this is where it changes. I think a lot of Bears fans see this where where it's going to change, but it is what it is at this point. And these players have nothing to do with that past. Like a lot of this current team has nothing to do with that past, but it's there. Yeah, but it's uh, and I've heard some people say that, but you know what? It's still up to them to change it, whether that's fair or not. They're here now. You you heard the way that Flus talks about the rivalry. They're not, you know, they're 
they're teaching these players about what it means, and if it doesn't mean anything to them now, it better start meaning something to them. Well, if you're going to take the North, this is the team that has dominated the North for, for a long time. So yeah. Simple as that. Um, and we know how much George, you know. I've heard some uh, stories this week about George walking around a certain gym wearing some uh, anti-Wisconsin clothes. <laughs> <laughs> His hatred of the Packers is my favorite thing. I just love it so much. Good for him. Yeah. He, he is the absolute best. It's deeply rooted. It's so good. It's so good. All right. Um, three big questions. This three your- big questions. How was that delivery? I'm a little nasally, too. Three big questions. I feel no? like you hit the three really well, and then it's just sort of big questions. Faded. Faded. It's okay. Yeah. Three big questions. <laughs> Number right. one. Which skill player not including Justin Fields, will benefit the most by the arrival of... Actually, I have Justin Fields in here. This means DJ Moore. Which skilled player, not including Justin Fields, will benefit the most by the arrival of DJ Moore? Mm. Well, the obvious answer here should be... Darnell Mooney, right? Mm. Cole Komet. That's what I was going to go with, actually, is Cole Komet. I think that, and really, all, I mean, all, Robert Tanya, too. I think the tight ends. I think the tight ends, just the way that you have that extra receiver to the outside, it, it's just naturally you have to shift more coverage that way. You know, even if it's just a few steps where a linebacker safety type might be on the tight end, it should theoretically open up more in the middle of the field for these tight ends. So I think. Um, not to cop out on the question, but somewhat obvious answer. The entire offense. Yep. Should. There'll be a lot of a lot of game plans by opposing defensive coordinators that try to take or try to limit, we should say, the impact that DJ Moore has on this game. Don't believe it, just ask Matt Eberflus himself. It's in my article that I, that came out on Wednesday. He had a plan for DJ Moore a few years ago in twenty nineteen. He's that type of player. He's that good. He's that dangerous with the ball in his hands. You have to have a certain well, set of plans and rules for, for what he does. That opens up everything for everybody else. I If I had to pick one player, I'd say Cole Clement. I, I think he's going to lead the Bears in touchdown catches. I don't know why. Just some gut feeling. Eight, nine, ten touchdowns this year. I think you That's and I are on, yeah, I think you, you and I are on the same page there. Um, I I if if it's not, I don't know. I, they probably do have odds on this. Maybe we should look it up. Um, but like w- what the odds would be for touchdown receptions. I would imagine that yeah, you maybe DJ Moore is at the top, but he shouldn't be. He's not a big touchdown guy. He, he's seven is his career high. I would say Komet should be the favorite. Then Chase Claypool, actually. And then maybe DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney. Yeah. I think Mooney has a bounce back year, though, too, if he stays healthy. I agree. Do your research. Thanks, Vic. Number two, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how confident are you that the Bears' defense has actually improved this year? I'm a solid seven. Um, I'm trying to go back to my thinking on this before camp started, which was for most of this offseason – 
and summer, I was bullish on this defense. Now, I think the only thing that soured that at all was just the fact that so many guys were out, right? Like, like it was we didn't really get a look at the whole defense. We've never seen them in its entirety, like their their full projected starting lineup. We at least in pads, right? Like we saw them mostly all together at the start of camp. Um, no, Walker was out. Yeah, you're right. Even Demarcus Walker was out at that point, so we really haven't. Ngakwe wasn't here yet. Well, and that's an addition to. That's a pretty. I almost feel like that's been glossed over. The Yannick Ngakwe is here now, so. I still feel like they are in a much better place. I'm not saying that that defensive line is at all complete. Ideally, it gets better as the season goes along because Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter contribute. I don't know how much they're going to be able to contribute early on in the season. Um, If you go back to that drive against the Bills, that preseason game, they got put out there and both kind of got pushed around right away and they got subbed out right away. So I'm just a little concerned that early on in the season, this really is going to be Andrew Billings and Justin Jones having to step up. But I do like Andrew Billings. I think that's a big difference maker when it comes to stopping the run. Do you, so to A, to B, would you be concerned if the rookie struggle maybe past week four or week five? Um, the rookie defensive tackles. Yeah, I, I I would say even Ryan Poles would be somewhat disappointed if we're that far in the season and one of the two of them hasn't emerged as somebody that can handle more snaps and be trusted more. Yeah, I hate to sound like Mr. Pessimist on this nice Thursday morning, but at this point, I feel like you just got to hit on one of them. Yeah. Does this sound gloomy? Too gloomy? Because I don't know if we've seen enough. You want more flashes, and I'm not writing off guys at this early in the rookie seasons, but I thought we would see more for guys who were graded upon their flashes. Remember that? Graded mm-hmm. upon the, those glimpses because it was a projection for the scheme. I don't know if we saw enough of those glimpses or flashes throughout the training camp or throughout the preseason from the both of them. Pickens more, Pickens more than Dexter, but Dexter was the higher pick. So I'm a solid seven. What are you? Did you say that already? I'm a, I'm around that too. Okay. I like the secondary a lot. One through eleven. Maybe I'll say six and a half. I don't I don't mean to make that sound pessimistic again, but they were one of the worst units in in the league last year. I'm definitely citing that they're better. But I just want to see it. I want to see them all together. I like the secondary a lot. But yeah, one through eleven on paper looks a lot better to me than it than it did last year. Number John, three. Go ahead. Thank you. Number three. Is there a Bears player that we're not talking about enough right now, but we will be after week one? Good or bad? Let me repeat that. Is there a Bears player that we're not talking about enough right now, but we will be after week one? Good or bad? I don't think this is controversial, but it's a name we just brought up a few minutes ago. But I feel like we haven't talked enough about him since DJ Moore got here. And that is Darnell Mooney. And I liked what I saw from Mooney in camp. I think that route running is back. 
And I do think he's one of the people that's going to benefit from this. And I wouldn't be surprised if after this week one game, we're going, oh, yeah, Darnell Mooney's still here. And he's open and he's catching passes. So that's my answer to that question. Because I was trying to find one that's maybe not so obvious. I could say Roshan Johnson. We've talked a lot about Roshan Johnson. Um, so anyway, that's what I'm going to go with. What Can I got? give you a, a one that should be obvious, but I don't think we've talked about him enough. Is it a running back? No, it's a defensive player. Oh, okay. The Bears' biggest free agent signing. Oh, yeah. Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. There's a point in the locker room yesterday at Hallis Hall. Um, here's a glimpse inside. Uh, the The lockers have moved a bit as opposed to last year. The position groups are more together. Like Cody Whitehair is in a different spot. We actually talked about that. I'm like, why'd you move? Well, get positions more together. So, But you're also looking for where the new guys are at. And at one point, there was a, a giant media scrum on one end. I'm like, oh, who, who's over there? It was Tremaine Edmonds. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been hurt a bit. Yeah. He didn't play much against the Bills. He's supposed to be like this game-changing you know, Brian Urlacher like presence for this defense. Now that's it's a tough comparison, but just in terms of size and what he could do with, with that size over the middle of the field, like this is supposed to be an invaluable signing that changes the, the identity of this defense, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I was, I, I was thinking about him actually this morning. Cause I was trying to look at, uh, who the hell I'm going to pick to win the Super Bowl this year? And I was looking at those Bills, and I was like, yeah, they did lose Tremaine Edmonds, though. I get that he's not a perfect player. There's a reason why players hit free agency, but he's still a darn good player. Yeah. And the scheme fits him. I want to see what he does. Yeah, by the way, we didn't uh, mention off the top that in case you missed it, we've we've... We found out some answers with some of these injuries yesterday once they put out that injury report. I love this uh, whole, like, we're not telling you anything, and then they have to literally put it on a piece of paper for us. Um, Jaquan Brisker, limited in practice yesterday still. That sort of surprised me. I thought he might be full go, um, but it is a groin injury. That Jaquan- I was right. I was right. Did you say that? I predicted that he'd be on, not hamstring, but he'd be on the injury report. Well, groin. Oh, you see? Oh, I, that's what that. I was confused yeah. at what that tweet was. Okay, yeah, because I said he would be off. So it's a groin. Um, Dylan Cole, who's still not practicing, dealing with a hamstring. That's not looking too good for playing this week. Um, Eddie Jackson ankle. We knew that. I mean, we saw that with our own eyes. Um, it's just good that it's not a foot. Um, but we saw that at, uh, at joint practices in Indy. He was limited, and then Demarcus Walker still limited with a calf. That one kind of worries me because he came back and then he went back out. So, I mean, I think these guys are all going to play, but you just hope that they're not limited in what they could do. Correct. Well, I don't think Dylan Cole's going to play, but those other three no. guys should be good to go. Yeah. All right. Um, those are our three big questions from the week. And we got some listener over-unders. All right. This one's from Trevor on X. What are we calling it? X? I'm still calling it Twitter. All right. Twitter. 
from Trevor on Twitter. All Bears starting QBs during the Rodgers era listed. I'm guessing this is graphics. We'll even call it mentions. He has it over. He has the over under set at a half. Yeah, um, that's a that's an over. Yes, you're getting um, it like right off the bat. Yeah, when it you know when it comes to Twitter, I'm I'm calling. It's like I'm I still call it Sears Tower, right? Like it, it X. I X. still refer to that ballpark on the south side as Comiskey sometimes. Yeah, I do too. So. Sorry, Elon. Not happening. By the way, shout out to... Uh, I did want to give this guy credit. Have you seen this uh, parody song going around this week about all the Bears quarterbacks? No. Is it good? The Crispy Brothers, they call themselves. Um, <laughs> they are Wisconsin's best slash worst slash only sports parody song creators. Um, they came up with this great... I have to give them credit. The song is called You Started Rick Meyer. The Chicago Bears, <laughs> the Chicago Bears quarterback song. Um, so yeah, can, can we pull that up for like the end of the show? If we I, can find that, I assume that 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 they wouldn't care if we played it. It's on their YouTube channel. I just want to make sure there's no like copyright things here. We'll just play a small snippet, tease it. Okay. Don't need any strikes on our YouTube channel, but I'm sure it's okay. I, I love the title. They, they the sent title. it to me in my DMs, so I feel like that's permission yeah. to, to share it. Yes, yes. Um, look, it's painful, right, if you're a Bears fan, but at some point, you got to give them credit. It's pretty well done, and it's a good time to get their fun in before Justin Fields takes this whole thing over. You know what? And maybe enjoy the the, the song. All right, what's uh, what's the next over on here? Right. And, and oh, here's a rule for these. When I ask for these uh, out on Twitter, actually give me the over and under, not just like, what'd you think? Just we, yeah. I want we want the number to talk about. Okay, so this is from politically homeless. Replays of the Aaron Rodgers "I Own You" clip, one and a half. I uh, think one. I think you get it once. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. I think it, I think they do show it, but I think it's a once. Yeah. I think they're showing it more than that would be overkill. Like, because he's not playing in the game. They set it up. Aaron Rodgers is the owner of the Bears. Does that ownership transfer to Jordan Love? I don't know. That's sure. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll have you'll have an opportunity if you're part of the the Fox broadcast to use that one for sure, especially in the early going. So we got two, one over, one under. This is from Austin. This is more of a gameplay one. I like these two. Over under on DJ Moore receiving yards, 74 and a half. Huh. I think I go over. Me too. I think I go over. I mean, he's had two touches in like over 100 yards just on those two touches in the preseason. Um, and this Packers secondary is young. It's not. Now he'll probably be dealing with Jair Alexander a lot, but. I still give him the over. I believe he's had some success against them, though. Yeah. And they'll move him around. They'll try to get him away from him. I'm going to go over. You know, maybe maybe not way over. Maybe he doesn't, uh, doesn't hit a 100 yards receiving, but 85, you know, I, that, that I, range. I think he gets at least one catch, though, over 30 yards. Okay. Like maybe a catch and run situation, but he's going to have at least one big explosive. All right. 
from Patrick Duff. Over or under a mentions of Arlington Heights, one and a half. I'm going to go under. Yeah, Maybe one. I'm not sure that comes up. And you might get like the verbal mention, not like some type of skyline picture where they fly out there, whatever. Yeah, I'd you'll still, get like one mention of this being. I just don't home. think it fits the storyline of this game, really. So I'm going to go under on that. Um, I was actually thinking about that last night because it was it was this Thursday last year that they had that big town hall in Arlington Heights at Hersey High School. Uh, I remember it vividly because it was during the opener, <laughs> the the Rams Bills game, and. Uh, other than them closing on the land and starting to knock things down in a full calendar year, not much has changed. Not much has changed there. So I think it just shows you how fast a year can creep up on you and why this thing's going to take a long time. It's going to take forever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be on year 20 of Hogan Johns and we'll be talking about some other stadium site. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Fox. 325, you know that by now. By the way, Kevin Burkhardt, who's calling this game, joined us on CHGO yesterday. I encourage you to check that out. It's Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson, our old friend, and Aaron Andrews. Packers at Bears. The Bears are a one-point favorite. John's who you got? I feel like this opened higher, did it not? At three. Down it's two and, and a half. half. Two and a half. Two and a half. I saw it at one and a half. Down the one. I'm going Bears. Don't like it. Uh, you heard me in the last podcast. You know, even if the Bears lose, how much does it really mean for the rest of the season? Even Justin Fields like had that type of commentary on Wednesday, but didn't go too far because he knows he doesn't want to go there. This is an important game. I, I get it. They're building up the rivalry. It's a great tone setter for the division. It's a great tone setter against Jordan Love. It's a great tone setter for Matty Bruce's defense. Matt LaFleur wants to establish his own offense. Yada, yada, yada. You get it. I'm taking Bears. I think I'm going to go with what our friend Josh Lucas said. At the end of the day, go with the better quarterback. Do this go. a lot. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Bears 26, Packers 20. 26 to 20. Okay, so um, I told myself all offseason that no matter what, I was going to pick the Packers in this game because, 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 because that's how this game always goes. That's how it goes. The Packers win the game. Just how it happens. Just how it works. Um, so I'm going to take the Bears 23, Packers 13. Ooh. <laughs> Because the football, I keep breaking down this game. And I, look, Jordan Love threw a lot of interceptions in college. And now he's the full-time starter. He's got, like, I can't get that game two years ago when he went into Kansas City. Granted, it was the Chiefs. But they couldn't move the football. And I know he, he, he had that, the tape last year in that one game he played in was pretty good. Okay, it was like garbage time. I, my big prediction on this Bears defense this year, and I said this on CHGO, is that I think they actually finished top five in takeaways. They weren't that far off last year, and I do think they're going to be better with their additions at taking the ball away, and they're going up against a quarterback that was prone to intercept, interceptions. So this, to me, is a game that comes down to taking care of the football, and I, 
I guess I'm a hits guy now. I think the hits principle wins out. I think the Packers struggle to score. And I'm not saying it's going to be completely clean offensively, but I got the Bears winning 23-13, somewhat comfortably. 26-20 for me. I think you know what you, you know what you get? You get a great opening drive from Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. Right? Like everything is just scheming right. It's all drawn up right. Everything that's scripted works. And then things start to go bad. Maybe a late touchdown to, to pull them a little bit closer. But I think Justin Fields makes plays. I think he's going to do it. I like it. I like it. All right. All right. So two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. There it is. All right, we're starting with the Thursday night game here. NBC, 720. Lions at Chiefs. Five-point spread now. Travis Kelsey, as we're recording, going through some type of morning workout to see if he can play. No Chris Jones. Lions are frisky. Where are you leaning on this game? <laughs> well, we'll be quick with this because... It's, you know, a lot of you, a lot of our listeners will listen to this on Friday morning. So um, I'm going Chiefs by like a touchdown. I, I'm sorry. I'm not buying the Lions hype quite yet. I'm just not. Yeah. Jared Goff is a better quarterback than I think many think, but he's still, there's still some limitation there. I'm taking Chiefs by a touchdown. Yeah. To me, at the end of the day, it's still Patrick Mahomes versus a suspect defense. I don't really know that it matters who he's throwing the ball to. I think they find a way. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they'll get it done. And uh, The Lions could have a good defense. They're still going up against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, I saw this, and I don't have it in front of me right now, so I apologize. I don't. I can't cite who tweeted it. Someone tweeted this morning, the last quarterback to beat the Chiefs in week one, Jake Locker. Titans. That's how long it's been. Fifth overall pick was he? Wasn't he up there? Oh, he was. Yes, I mean, he was a first rounder. He was way too early. There, there's a Bears connection there. Dal Loggins. Okay. So take that and think about that for a little bit. All right, noon on Fox, a team we're going to track all season long: the Carolina Panthers. Everybody's rooting against the Panthers every single week. It starts in Atlanta for them. The Falcons are three and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to put them in the list every week, but definitely towards the end of the year. So started off week one a little bit. Um, I'll take the Falcons. Maybe by four they cover, though, barely. Um, yeah, everybody should watch the Panthers because the Bears have their first pick. There's the analysis for you. There you go. Um, Rookie quarterback going to struggle. I uh, I actually like this Falcons team, but I'm just not sold on Desmond Ritter. So I might be up and down on the Falcons, but B. John Robinson, um, I don't know. I just don't think this Panthers team is going to be that good this year. And um, give me the Falcons here. I know I know Nate and, and uh, Robert are very high in the Falcons. I don't know if I'm going that high, but. I think they take care of business here at home in week one. So I'll give you the Falcons to cover the three and a half. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Uh, CBS noon bucks at Vikings. The Vikings, a full six point underdog here. Or, I'm sorry. Favorite. Favorite. Over the bucks. Yeah. yeah. You like that. Um, 
when do the Vikings struggle? Like, it, it, it's not going to be in the opener. They, they, sh- they should win this one. I, I like it by a touchdown. I'm taking the Vikings. It's a big spread. It is. Home openers are crazy, but the Vikings should take care of business. I think if we're setting up this, like if we're doing a season preview for the Vikings, is you know those close games, we've talked about this already, aren't always going to go in their favor this year. They're just not. I don't think this is going to be one of them, but down the road they'll struggle. But here's the thing. I still think they're going to play in close games. And I don't think this Bucks team is going to be very good, but Baker Mayfield, man. Come on. Yeah, I know, but that's a very young Viking secondary. They're playing in a new scheme. I think there's going to be some hiccups. I, I, I'm not saying the Bucks win this game, but I think it actually, I think the Bucks keep it close. And I think the Vikings, I guess, going against everything everyone said all offseason, win, they win a one-score game. Um, or they get upset. Funky things happen in week one, but I don't see them running away with this one. So I am going to go with the Buccaneers to uh, cover that six-point spread. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. That's right. First lock of the year right there. All right, on to the next one. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. Our guy Vic Fangio going up against the protege in L.A. That rhymed. I did not mean it to rhyme, but it did. Dolphins at Chargers. CBS, this one's going up against the Bears game, 325. It's Vic Fangio versus Brandon Staley. The Chargers are three-point home favorite. Lots of good storylines here. I am bullish on the on the Dolphins. Okay. Like, they're going to be that hot team all year long. Vic Fangio is going to get that defense going. A lot of talent there. I love what Mike McDaniel does there offensively. Um I kind of like just the the vibes you get, like early Rams, where you have Sean McVay and Wade Phillips. Remember that? Like you get yeah. you get that type of vibe here. I'm not sure it's going to lead to a Super Bowl win, but a very good team. Give me the Dolphins. They're getting the three points. Yeah, the reality Dolphins is they're going to win. Yeah, and we like Brandon Staley here a lot, but the Dolphins, Vic Fangio run defenses have been much more successful than so far the Chargers defense has been. Um, in LA. So I, I, uh, especially getting some points here, I'm going to go with the, with the dolphins as well. Really good, Adam. All right. Uh, Monday night. This is a big one. Aaron Rodgers, the jets at home against the bills, seven fifteen on ESPN. The jets are two and a half point dogs. Like, is it your most natural inclination just to take Aaron Rodgers and the points? I mean, he's getting like points. For, for, for as long as we've been doing this show, like he's getting points. Like you take Aaron Rodgers in this instance, but the Bills are darn good. Yeah. But I think for old time's sake, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers in the points. Garrett Wilson's really good too. The Jets' defense is really good. I mean, that's really for me where I'm leaning towards this being a, a close game because of that Jets' defense. So I, I this is probably a stay away for me. You know, if I'm actually gambling money, but since we're here picking, I'm going to take the team that's getting points. So I will go with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers with the two and a half. All right. There it is. Our first slate of games. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait to sit down tonight and watch uh, this this Lions game to see how for real they are and how scary they actually will be in the NFC North. Of course, maybe we should, shouldn't put too much stock in what we see just week one against the Chiefs. But it'll be fun. Just football on the TV tonight will be fun. Uh, Appreciate everybody 
watching, listening today. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, go check it out. Hogan Johns on YouTube. Of course, if you're listening as a podcast, please rate and review the pod. Find all of our merch at hogandjohns.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hogan Johns as well. And at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to read all of Johnsy's coverage. Great story yesterday on DJ Moore, by the way, that you need to check out if you haven't already. Thanks, all right, Johnsy. Enjoy the football. And uh, our first post-game episode will be Sunday, right after this game. We'll we'll get it done. And don't forget the voicemail line. We'll be tweeting that out uh, for you. First week of voicemails. I'm sure they'll be spicy. And level-headed. <laughs> Packers week. Of course. All right. We'll talk to you after the game. See ya. Eric Kramer came it down. Rex Grossman, Josh McCown, Kyle Orton, Caleb Haney, still a ways to go. Mr. Trubisky, Jimmy Clausen, Todd Collins, this is awesome. Brian Greasy, Brian Hoyer, Moses Moreno. Hutchinson, Nick Foles, these guys really blow. Dave Craig laid an egg, ruined his Wisconsin cred. Cordell Stewart, big miss. Peter Tom Willis, Andy Dalton, Henry Burris, Jason Campbell, good try. You started Rick Meyer, and you've always been blowing since Far started throwing. You started Rick Meyer. And there's nothing you could do Cause Rogers owned you Second verse, there's more It's laughable, revolving door Shane, Matthew, Steve, Walsh, Jonathan, Quinn Tom, Daniel, what are those? My nine-year-old can make those throws Krenzel, Harbaugh, Miller, Barkley There's this dude, Stenstrom I never heard of him Chris Chandler, who's next? Mike Lennon, long neck Thurber, go away, my favorite Grumpy Jay, Justin Fields Cut him some slack, he's pretty good at Started Rick Meyer, and you've always been blowing since Far started throwing. You started Rick Meyer, and there's nothing you could do because Rogers owned you. He hates kids. Aaron Rodgers hates kids.